0: Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. Wank, wank, money in the bank, poke, poke, now you're broke. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking?
1: <laughs> I'm awesome, man, and just uh, just cranberry juice today, or for right now, it's a little early. Why cranberry juice? I've never heard you drink cranberry juice uh, without out without <laughs> vodka or rum
0: or gin or some other type of alcohol in it.
1: Yeah, I guess I just grabbed it. I don't know. It's, you know, it's for my um, urethra. U- urinary health. Yeah, yeah. I understand. It's urinary health week.
0: So is it cranberry juice cocktail, so it's just full of sugar? <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: it's, not real, it's not real cranberry juice.
1: Uh, no. I mean, it's not like I'm making it myself. It's, you know, ocean spray.
0: Okay. I am drinking um, black and tan coffee from I forget the um, the roaster's name, but they are in Philadelphia, and I will remember next time we do an episode. <laughs> So black and tan,
1: like the cigarette? What? You mean like isn't the cigar? C- cigarillo or whatever they call it. Yeah.
0: No. Isn't that, is, isn't that what it's called? No, I don't know what it's
2: called. <laughs> yeah, this is a black right. and tan. Yeah, like those, those little cigarette things that you get that you...
1: At like gas stations or something? Yeah. Yeah, that have the plastic tips.
2: They're right next yeah. to the Swisher Sweets? Yes, okay. I don't, I'm pretty sure no one ever smokes on its own. No, they, I've uh, seen they, people
0: do it. And they smell delicious when you when you smell it when you walk by somebody.
2: I, they usually replace the inside with other organic material. Yes. Wait,
1: wait, Wait. I'm kind of interested now. Jim, what, what would you replace oh, the on. inside? <laughs> yeah, okay, give me a break. And you're drinking <laughs> cranberry juice. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm well, taking the high road. I'm taking the high road.
0: Well, uh, I, you just heard a third voice, which I'll introduce in a second. But uh, "wank, wank, money in the bank, poke, poke, now you're broke" is our catchphrase today, and that was said in by Ian McLaughlin. Thank you, Ian, for that. I don't know where you. I came bet he that.
2: did not think that you would actually say it.
0: <laughs> I had a guy on uh, Facebook that was like, "Say, don't hesitate, masturbate, or something along those lines," and I'm like, "I'm fucking saying it, dude. You, you know, you don't understand. Like, it's gonna happen." And I ended up saying it, and made his day. That was great. So if you guys have uh, catchphrases like this or anything else, you can send them into our Twitter account. It's at Money Matters, man. And yeah, let's let's get to the third voice on our show. It's Jim Wang. How are you, Jim?
2: I'm fantastic. How are you guys?
0: Good. We're going to do an episode today called Better Know a Millionaire, which we've done
2: in the past. Let's go find one.
0: Yeah. Let's find a millionaire. (laughs) The three of us are going on a search. Uh, So uh, Jim is a, a millionaire, right? On paper, right?
2: Uh, In real life. In real life on paper.
0: And I want to ask, did you go from like not a millionaire to a millionaire like in a snap of a finger or was it a slow transition? So did you have time to work your way up into
2: having this money? It was a slow transition. It wasn't like a lottery type of immediate transition. It was I, I started a business. Uh, with the personal finance blog, and it had generated first, you know, hobby level income of a couple thousand bucks a year, all the way up to several hundred, and then so a couple years of that, and not being dumb with that money, mm-hmm. I sort of transitioned into becoming a millionaire. And you were, you know,
0: you were teaching personal finance at the time, so it wasn't like you were dumb in the first place.
2: And that was kind of well, your thing. Well, there are plenty of people teaching that are dumb. No, but <laughs> I mean, I had a, I had a broad understanding on personal finance right. and my finances is under control so to speak i mean one of the things about uh, i guess like accountability is that if you're sharing what you're being accountable about to the world it almost forces you because it's like it's like if you tell your friends that you're going to start working out and then you still look the same. Yeah. And they'd be like, What's what's going on, buddy? How's that? <laughs> They're gonna make fun of you. My friends will make fun of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so there's a bit of that accountability in place. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't clueless. Like I understood the basics and but the, you know, it's everything in life, it's the basics are fine, but how do you apply it to your own life? Yeah. And so the sort of the blog was good in that I was able to talk about how the two intersected and then other people who might know more, you know, who are older, who have more experience can share their perspectives and say, All right. Maybe at this time in your life, when you're single, things look like this. But give it a couple of years. Once you get married, once you have kids, life life gets a little more interesting.
0: And so, were you, were you married when you when you uh, became a millionaire?
2: Uh, I was not. I was probably engaged. Okay. I don't know the exact date when my net worth or whatever flipped over right. into seven figures, but I was. You didn't I, celebrate or anything. I didn't notice. Okay, good. I was <laughs> one, one of the things is like when you're working and things are going well, you focus on the thing that's that's going well. You yeah. you're not looking at the scoreboard. You know, and so you're you're constantly trying to figure out how to this process that I have is working. How do I get it to work better and better and bigger, faster, everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, the how much money's in the bank and all that other things, the you, you realize that looking at that doesn't really matter as much. Because it's all driven by a process that you have in place. And so you have to work on the process. The end result, you know, I, I fully recognize that I got lucky that I started a blog of all things at yeah. the right time, that I recognized the levers I was supposed to pull to make it successful, and then I pulled them. And so, you know, I, I can't look at how much money I have and necessarily say, oh, I am awesome or I'm not awesome. It's yeah, just, right. It's just a reflection of a bunch of factors, a lot of which I don't have control, but the ones that I could control, that's what I focused on. So that's a long story to I, I was, I think I was engaged. I was already dating my, my now wife mm-hmm. at the time for many years. So at that point, you know, man, after, after a bunch of years, it all blends into the same, you know, the relationship doesn't really change. Just legally, I guess it changes. Yeah. And you didn't uh,
0: just go from, you didn't stop working. After after you had uh, sold no. or, or, or had or had crossed over, we'll say <laughs> uh, uh, you didn't you didn't stop
2: working. You still have businesses that you run. Yeah. So what I learned was that a lot of my like like sense of fulfillment and work, like I I'd, I'd like to think I have a strong work ethic. Mm-hmm. And when there's nothing to work on, it's all this like energy and mental energy and physical energy that just being isn't being expended towards you know a thing. So I you know, I have to always constantly be working on something and thinking about something because otherwise my you know, that engine behind everything that I'm doing just kind of spins and you know, if you try to rev up an engine in neutral, you're over time it's gonna burn out. And did your life uh change at all? Did my life what?
0: Change as a result of the of like all this money?
2: No, not no. really. Day so, to day you don't I mean you don't look at you you aren't given constant reminders that you've acquired this plus also it's not like someone showed up and handed me a pile of bills like it was (laughs) all just numbers on on the computer like i built this wealth through the internet i could view this wealth on the internet i was interacting with people that i've never seen in person before so part of it also felt kind of fake Mm. but that was good because then i didn't have this lifestyle inflation that you know a lot of folks might succumb to yeah, so actually, yeah, no, nothing really changed. Andrew, you had something?
1: Yeah, so uh cuz I know you can't say it. And then we said on a previous episode so you sold your site 3 million dollars whatever. Like you you didn't I mean, I I understand like you were maybe a millionaire before then. Uh but then you got the the additional money. Obviously, it was a motivation for you to sell the blog like that thing didn't change anything?
2: Uh it- it forced me to learn a lot more about managing money because it was a lot more money. And yeah. so the things that you do are different. Uh, and it also, it, yeah, it didn't really change me, as surprising as it may sound. I'd say, I don't, it doesn't sound that surprising. That sounds about right. I think that's the way it should be. But you said
0: you had to learn more. So did you uh, hire a financial advisor to, to help you with stuff, or
2: did you end up just learning it on your own? I sort of just eased into it. So the thing that I had to come to grips with is that the size and the sum of money is much larger so if you look at your say 401k and you know it goes up and down let's say more recently if it goes down like one percent in a day and you have ten thousand bucks it's a hundred bucks right when you have a million that's ten thousand (laughs) dollars right and so you think back and i think back to my you know the first job i had out of college i was making 60 grand a year one sixth of my salary Going up and down each day. Yeah. And remember, this is like, you know, two thousand eight. it would go down 2%, 3%, go up to 3%. It again, it led into that fake feeling of how that money Mm -hmm. isn't real because one second it's there, one second it's not. Mm -hmm. So that I it's just tough thinking, all right, I'm gonna take a million bucks and stick it in the stock market. This thing that also always feels fake because you can't touch it and you see all this news, and you know, it's it's one of those things where you just put it in there and you trust that over 40 years that it'll be fine. Yeah. But on a you, day-to-day basis like you it freaks you out.
1: Do you keep it all in the stock market? Like do you manage it or do you just kind of is it like too much? Like too much anxiety cuz you have just millions of dollars in there or Well,
2: what I do is so a lot of it is in there. I would say more than half. And it I've gotten used to it. But in the beginning, it was anxious. I didn't put it all in all at once. It was mm-hmm. a slow accumulation. A lot of it through Vanguard index funds or ETFs. Uh, I also, during the like 2008, 2009, when the stock market was down pretty big, I bought a lot of dividend stocks, okay. like energy, energy companies, uh, consumables like J&J and things like that, that yielded high dividends. And these guys were crushed because everybody got crushed. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a pretty good deal. And... Just slow accumulation bit by bit. And yeah, it does it still makes me a little anxious, but what I do is I just don't look at it, which is what you're supposed to do. You I mean you look at it yeah. like every six months, every year. What I end up doing is because I track our our net worth just to make sure everything is where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I do it every month. And so I look every month and then I don't really let it affect me too much.
0: Now how do you how do you do that? Like how do you track it? Do you use a program or do you just spreadsheet guy?
2: Excel. Really? Yeah, I did it in Excel and starting in like 2004 or five, and just kept doing it that way. It's only once a month. That, there was a time when I started using Quicken because it could pull in all that data all at once. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that it would take forever to load because I would only open it once a month. Right. And so it downloaded from all these different spots. So now I just use Excel. It's, it's a good reminder because then I log in every time and I just give them all the once over. And so far, I haven't really discovered anything out of the ordinary. And but, you're, not,
0: you're not a uh, track every penny type of guy, are you?
2: Uh, no. No.
0: Nope. I guess there's no real need to do that. And, you're, and I, do, you, do you have a budget?
2: No, we don't do a budget. you don't do that. What anymore. we did was we used to have a budget way back in the day. And once mm-hmm. we realized, like, you, you have to do a budget every time your lifestyle changes a little bit. So, mm-hmm. like, if you move, if you have a baby or you start a new job, just to sort of get that baseline to realize, all right, all right my average behavior in terms of expenditures is, is fine. Mm-hmm. versus my income and once you realize that you're okay and that you're saving enough and all that then the budgeting you know when you're spending a lot more than you are right it's sort of it's like your weight like you know when you've been drinking too much yeah like you feel it like there's a sense in the back of your head, like yeah i should probably slow down a little bit just yeah, tailor that back a little bit or not go out as much to eat or this or that so once once you get to sort of that steady state then we then we didn't do the budget right
0: and what do you end up sp- spending most of your money on now like, where's the, where's the big category at for you?
2: Mortgage and daycare. Really? Oh, yeah, easily. Daycare, it's like three grand a month. Whoa. It's almost as much as our mortgage, which is like 45. Wow. I d- oh, oh, yeah, kids day- are kids in, the, in the D.C. area, yeah, oh, it's like yeah. 1500 bucks a piece. It's oh, like 16 God. and 12 because we have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. The only thing, the only way you can get it cheaper is if you just go to like an unlicensed place. That's yeah, really just a, a date, <laughs> like a babysitter and pay yeah. like six hundred bucks. Just get the neighborly girl to come over and watch the kids. Yeah, and the, but then they don't get the social interaction and all this. Right. And So that's that's one of the things. Like we we feel fortunate that we're in the financial position to make these types of decisions. But aren't you home? I am home. And you, How am I gonna do work if I if guess I you're
0: right? Yeah, around. I don't know. Yeah, we don't, don't have I, kids. You don't know this. That's true. I don't even. Ha- I used to have a dog, and I would have a hard time getting work done. Oh,
2: so I just, get that. Just wait,
0: I, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> waiting. There's no waiting for me. It's not happening. I. I don't think. Oh God, here we go. But <laughs> so
2: why not? Why not? I, <laughs> let's turn the. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> I.
0: I just. I can't. I don't. I don't do well with. I can't even pick up a child. Like oh, I am. Come I. On. I have no. I'm. I, there's a picture online right now. I, they're, they're my, my friends just had a, a a new baby boy and they're like, when are you going to come over and see the baby? I said, I'm coming over. So I came, I went over there before we had to go out one day and they're like, here, hold it, hold the baby. And I'm like, mm, no, no. And I just like held my arms behind my back and then she put the baby in front of me and then took a picture and like cropped herself out of it. So it looks like I'm holding the baby
2: <laughs> and that's,
0: that's how we do it. And the, I, a friend of mine had a baby on in January. And they were, and she forced it on me. She just like put it in my hands. There was no way of me backing out, and I just held the baby in my arms and just held it over a table, just so I didn't. If I did drop it, it's going to fall about two inches on the the table because I have a weird fear. That's not
2: that's not a good distance to drop a baby. No, no. I'm just telling you that if you want to modify your story, even two two inches (laughs) probably sounds bad (laughs) to drop. (laughs) (laughs) So you want to make it sound not like just like
0: Two centimeters, half an inch, yeah, (laughs) a millimeter. It, yeah. yeah, it was. I just don't think that's going to happen. No kids way. are awesome, but they're expensive. It sounds it. Yeah, that seems like the big, the big problem, is I mean, the, is really the cost.
2: And did yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, you could you can have so like, like two kids. It starts getting to the point where depending on how much income the second the lower earning spouse earns, mm-hmm. it almost makes sense for them to stay home. Yeah, right. because thirty six thousand dollars a year. You know, you consider after taxes, that's probably forty five. Right. Whatever. Shh. That's just my makeup math. My just. Right. invented math right <laughs> you know if you don't make more than 45 and you're paying 36 for daycare maybe you don't And but the tricky then is the second spouse loses sort of their career track depending on what that might be yeah
0: so your wife works yeah yeah and uh now does she work with you no no that would be terrible <laughs> So I want to uh, talk a little bit about your investment strategy. Since hold on. Before we just do okay, that, sure. I love
2: you, Martha. I love you a lot. <laughs> we both know. It's one of those things. Like You know that they have to talk about when people, when couples go into retirement, yeah. they start getting into fights because they're around each other all the time. Do you hear that, Andrew?
0: I'm already around <laughs> here all the time. Okay. I'm just, I'm just I saying.
2: Feel, I feel like there's a lot more conflict. If, if we were to work together, I'm, I'm probably not the easiest person to work
1: with right, yeah. or
2: for. I'm the same way. Yeah. And so, and I fully realize that, and it's, it's probably something I think I'm working on, pro- probably not working on enough. And so working together would, would be a challenge. Right.
0: No, and that makes sense. I, I can, I can totally understand that, which is also why I don't have a girlfriend. And-
2: which would
0: make it hard for, to make kids. Yeah, it would. <laughs> well, well, with today's technology, I don't know. I don't know. Or just more expensive. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, so to go back to uh, your investment strategies that you had mentioned, you mentioned Vanguard ETFs. That's what you do. You, you're in you're an index fund slow row uh, kind of guy. Yep. You're not you're not day trading or doing anything like that. No, oh, no way. <laughs> you did buy individual stocks, a I couple did. of them, and, but you like fully diversified. Yeah, yeah. And how and how do you do? Like what what, what services do you use to do that? What's your favorite? Uh, Trade King and Vanguard. So you oh, so you buy through Vanguard and what's Trade King? i have never even heard of that.
2: Trade King's another uh, low cost brokerage. I think it's four dollars four ninety five a trade. Mm-hmm. So what happens at Vanguard after you reach a certain level of assets? Wait, wait,
1: wait. dude, dude, you're a millionaire. Why do you care if it's four dollars or five dollars for a trade? Still want to save money.
2: Yeah, man. I'm not looking to get ripped off. Yeah. If something'll right. cost me,
1: yeah, but $3. doesn't like e trade have the some whistle that you know you can appreciate?
2: No. No, I, I like their commercials. Yeah, I used eTrade trade before back in the day. Uh, the interface at the time, I don't know what it looks like now. I just didn't like it, mm. it was just kind of annoying to get from place to place. And I was just gonna say, I started using Trade King in 08 before I had maybe the, the s- massive sum of money. Mm. And now it's mostly Vanguard because at Vanguard, after a certain level of uh, you know assets under not management, but with them, you actually get free trades. Really, and I d- ideally would like them all in one place just to keep it simple, but I don't want to deal with the headache and the paperwork of transferring shares from TradeKing over to Vanguard, and then somehow later on, whenever I do sell them, remember what the cost basis was. Right. And do you use
0: any other uh, technology services, like Mint, perhaps?
2: Nope. No. I think I use I use Sigfig to look at the the stocks. Under TradeKing and Vanguard in one place. On your phone? I do. The, yeah, it's on. Yeah, I usually use it only on the phone. Sigfig. S-I-G-F-I-G. That's weird. Because a lot of people don't have TradeKing. Yeah, like, like I said, I've an, never
0: even heard of it.
2: Yeah, I I heard of it because with Bargaineering, I used to do affiliates with them. Ah, so they've and been around. Yeah, yeah,
1: they've been around for quite some time. And they're good. I like their tools. I like their tax reporting. Mm-hmm. Jim, I'm curious... Hundreds, hundred or hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. That was all affiliate income? Uh, it was never hundreds of thousands
2: of dollars a month. A year. Oh, but a year. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That was for a year. Uh, but yeah, that was affiliate income. Wow. See,
1: aren't you learning a lot, Andrew? Yeah. How okay. many people were visiting Bargain years? Oh, that's <laughs> happened. I'm sorry. I'm just curious.
2: It was at its peak, maybe 15,000. Uh, a day, Okay. week's a day.
1: Oh wow, that's a lot.
0: Yeah. We're 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 at about what? Uh, one. Yesterday 64th we had four- of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yesterday we had roughly. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, do you do you now, uh, find yourself buying higher end stuff, like clothes and nope. food and top nope. shelf liquor? Liquor
2: though. Yeah, no. I mean, it's not top <laughs> top shelf. Like you're so not here's buying the thing, like, like I have a I am It's not that it I like to enjoy things and I feel like part of the process of enjoying them is moving up sort of that expense mm-hmm. level. Like I don't want to go out first of all, I don't really care about cars, but cars is the most uh, easily understood example. Like I feel like every kid should own a beater. That pretty much sucks and breaks down and is unreliable mm-hmm. and learns how to drive that and maintain that before they start moving up into a car that actually is reliable, and then up as, as things get more expensive and things like just because it gives you a better appreciation of what you have. Yeah, and so whenever I see like those, you know, rich kids driving around in BMWs or Mercedes, I'm like, man, you're getting screwed out of some good learning. You're gonna to go to college and hang out with these other kids that know a lot more than you, uh-huh. and you might be driving a nice car, but you will feel like an idiot, or they will start making you feel like an idiot. That's an interesting way to look
0: at it, because I mean, we—I've had a beater. I'm sure you've had a beater before, Andrew. I know oh, yeah. Andrew. I know you have had a beater. It's the only
1: one I it's have. The only one you've <laughs>
0: ever had. And, uh, but that's actually one of my questions that I ask uh, our millionaires: is what do you drive? Uh, it's a Toyota Venza. Oh, the uh, crossover. Is that, is that is that new or is that
2: old? Uh, it was new when we bought when, it. When we bought it, right? Because it was 2011, and that was like their second year they were made. Yeah, first year they were made. My friend had one, and he
0: I think he like traded in immediately for a Camry. He I think he hated it. You like you like
2: it? I, I don't. Like I said, I'm not a car person, so I right. just drive it. And I'm like this thing works. I go like change the oil. I do all this other stuff. Hmm. Hey, <laughs> if it you works. Think yourself, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if it works, if it runs, I love it. If it gives me problems, I hate it. Yeah. That is, I mean, that is my mantra in life. If you give me problems, I hate you. Yeah, I'm going to say,
0: I get, <laughs> I get extremely frustrated when things don't work. It's yeah. like the one thing that just doesn't matter how much meditation I do, I'm going to freak the hell out. Even if like my computer doesn't, like a button doesn't click, I'm like throwing keyboards and shit. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't deal with it. Stuff needs to work. Needs to work. Doesn't need to be expensive. It just needs to work. Exactly. What's the, uh, what's the worst thing? about being a millionaire? What's the sucky part of it?
2: That's a good question. I have an assumption. I don't. So my first answer, and I don't know if this is a good one, is especially in business, all the things that you do have to scale for them to matter Mm -hmm. in terms of financially. And then so what you have to force yourself into doing is look at it from a fulfillment and learning perspective because you'll start a new business or anything like that. And here you are with... Millions in the bank, and you are like, this thing's making like ten cents, and it just doesn't. It has no impact, and so if you start looking at your success in terms of how much income you are generating, you are going to become very frustrated very quickly. And so it takes a little bit of time to focus on the fact that, all right, I am going to learn before I, you know, learn before you earn, which is something that you you would be doing if you didn't have, you know, a a sum in the bank. Mm -hmm. That's probably the hardest thing. I mean, sometimes it gets weird with people. Like, what if do you they, mean? Like, if you meet someone for the first time and then later on, like, they Google you and they're like, oh, geez. Like, as if I was a different person just because... Do you get that in your personal life? Like, when your, friend, your friends, like, like rag on you? No one rags on me. Okay. They used to rag on me when I started bargaining and I was telling them about it and, and they were like, oh, how much money did you make? And, uh-huh. and eventually that stopped because, well, I wouldn't tell them but they would realize. Yeah. And, no, it's just like you meet, you meet people and... The the worst is like when someone see, I'm relatively young. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'll go to these I'm 34, I'll go to these various business events and I'll meet people that are older and they'll look at me like, oh, look at this kid. And I'm you know, I'm Chinese, so I look younger. <laughs> and and they're just like, Who is this? They don't think like punk kid, mm-hmm. but they kind of brush me off. I'm like, All right, fine, whatever. And then later on they'll figure out like what I've been able to accomplish. And they are like, Oh, hey, and then suddenly they're best friends. And I'm like, right. come on. Yeah. That's bullshit. That's that's frustrating. Yeah. But but then I think to myself, this is good that this happened because mm-hmm. now I know. Mm-hmm. So that I guess none of those is really hard. I can't – the hard part is – yeah, it's going back to like, like the things that a lot of times like people are motivated by money. And I know I was early on. And that's good. That gives you drive because you want to earn. You want to provide for your family. You want to make more. And when that gets taken away, that's a difficult transition period. Yeah.
0: What's right. uh, I was gonna assume taxes.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's all internet money. Like it comes into a bank account. I don't see the money. It disappears. Right. Same. So like it doesn't. I don't see like when I pay my taxes. I don't see. Oh, that could be a car. That could be a this or a that. Okay. And I'm glad I don't because that could also be very frustrating. But on the other hand, it's like well, seventy percent of it is still left behind. And that's seven cars, or you know, whatever it is. Yeah, right,
1: dude. What was the hardest part of of like your whole from you know zero to hero, you know, nothing to to millions? Was it just working hard. That was like the whole I, trick of it. It
2: was, it was trying to figure out if I was doing the right thing. So here, it, you know what is going back to a car, even though I don't like cars, they are an easy analogy. It's like you're going 150 miles an hour, 300 miles an hour. Right, and mm-hmm. things are great because you're going really, really fast, but like you're afraid if one mistake could bring everything to a crashing halt, and so this it creates a bit of anxiety and worry because all your decision making, you're like, this this has a very this potentially could have a very big impact, right? And so there's there's that. That's probably the hardest part. If I were to think more about on it, on the on the on the rise, on the I rise, reckon. yeah, yeah. And and the other thing is that you know I'm very thankful. That I found success early on but it's like nothing compared to a lot of other success stories Mm -hmm. and so I also have to keep that in mind and not let my head get too big is that yes this is fantastic and I'm very lucky but hopefully I'm not done and compared Hmm. to you know a lot of other stories that I'll read about you know I'm not even there right which is good because it keeps me humble and it keeps me hungry and driven
1: you know, J- Jim, one of the things, uh, I don't know if you, you feel this way, but I feel like there's like this misconception, you know, there's uh, no one knew about Jim Wang, and then they, they hear about Jim Wang, and then, oh, Jim Wang's a millionaire, and they must assume that it just kind of fell into your lap, or, you know, it just happened. Uh, like, how long did you have to work to, to make this a thing, and like, how much... During that time, did you work like were you doing like hundred hours weeks for like five years like d- did you just kind of make the right decisions and it was like forty hours a week for three years?
2: So I started the blog in what oh four oh five I can't even remember, mm-hmm. but I started on the side at night and I was working a day job. I would work that job and I actually switch jobs to get a pay raise in two thousand eight, and so I was I was working a 40, 50-hour-a-week job doing software development in the defense industry, and then I would go home, and I would work another, I'm not going to say eight hours, but I'd work like four or five hours on bargaineering, Writing. And so writing, uh, in the beginning, it was a lot of writing, and then I would end up batch writing. So I'd write it all on like a Monday or Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, those days, well, not Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the weekends, I would be working on like SEO, mm-hmm. uh, Mm. conversion optimization, negotiating with affiliates and answering emails and things like that. And so it was it was probably another 30 hours, 25-30 hours a week on top of the 40-50 for until 2008 and then I quit 2008. So like 4 years almost.
1: Yeah. When you quit, did you already were you already making more than what you were making at your job?
2: Yeah, I was making like four or five times more. Why didn't you quit earlier? Uh so all my like so when I was in school, I was working towards college. It was like this very defined path of what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You go to school, get good grades, get a good college, get a good job, work the job, have kids, have a family, retire, die. Like that's that was the path that in my mind that I was on. And so here was this little bargaining site that was now earning more than my job by a significant margin, but psychologically, I was still thinking I'm supposed to be working because working is, quote-unquote, more stable. Mm-hmm. Even though it, it really isn't, but it just feels more stable because you're just disconnected.
1: Can, from the can you elaborate stuff. on that? Why, why do you say it's not more stable? Because I think I might you agree you. can get with
2: fired you. any day. Yeah. The only difference is that you aren't in tune with the finances of the business that you're working for. So you're just ignorant of whether or not you can get fired. But the reality is you can get fired in a second, right? If the business suddenly goes south and they have to let people go, they're going to let people go. It's nothing personal or anything like that. But you know, the fact that you're an employee means that you don't really understand at that level what's going on with the business. So you, don't, you just aren't aware of how you can get fired. Whereas in your own business, you're acutely aware that this is how much income I'm bringing in and whether or not this is sustainable. Do I have to go get a job? And every month or every week, you're reminded of this. And so it feels less stable, but it's in reality the same thing. Yeah. Interesting.
0: I, I, I mean, actually, there's a uh, company right now who can't even pay me $450. They're short. And they're, the, and they're a company that let me, let me go. It's like, how do you, you don't know what their finances are like. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's no such thing as job security unless you're a teacher. Yeah, and, unless you have tenure. Unless you have tenure. Um. so do you travel now not you, as much no? as we
2: used to yeah we need to wait till the kids get a little older because they have like nap schedules and, mm-hmm. and things like that and which the naps are great the problem is when you're traveling <laughs> the uh, they sort of get in the way yeah so what happens when a kid doesn't get a nap it's kind of like dropping them from about two inches, like to get really cranky, and they're difficult to work with, and they cry, yeah. and it just makes the experience less entertaining. Yeah, and so we have traveled to visit people and, and things like that, but it's something you tra- like to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we used to travel all the time before before kids, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna wait till they get a little bit older and they're easier to manage before we start going on on longer trips. Right before we had kids, we went. A month long to Europe, wow! And yeah, we went all over. It was a wonderful trip. My wife was starting her PhD, and so it was going to be four or five years where our schedules would be constrained by when she was able to get off mm-hmm. from school, like when the school schedule. You know how like right, rigid yeah. those things are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we went for a month, and it was great. We used to travel, and we will again. Cool. What's the single most important thing you've learned about yourself or your money after you became a millionaire? They always say that money just amplifies who you are, and I'd like to think that I am not a jerk, and I'm glad that I haven't become a jerk. Right? Because you always you hear those horror stories of like people treating like service workers, like you know waiters, you know service staff, and like crap because they feel entitled because they have this money, and I'm like, I'm really glad I don't do that. And the other thing is, I part of the reason that keeps me in line is kids hmm. like you can't if you don't want your kids to grow up become, and become a jerk like you cannot act like one in front of them you have mm. to lead by example of course yeah
1: that's that's the only way you can lead right jim i, I just got one more question for you because um I, i'm i'm enamored Ask with as many like as you want man uh, <laughs> all right i have 10 more questions <laughs> for you no, I, i'm enamored with success stories but i feel like the the end result is so much less of a story than like the journey, like the times like when you were crying and it was like fucking terrible and I'm, I'm just curious, like how long were you slogging away at bargaining before you made any money worth discussing?
2: It was about eighteen months, I would say a year eighteen months, working the thirty to forty
0: hours yeah on, on top, top of, of a, yeah on top of your job,
1: so yeah. almost two years, oh oh I a year actually have an yeah, a year and a half, but almost, you know, so a year and a half, not that much money. And when you say like 18 months, the 19 month, how much were you making?
2: That you know? I don't know off the top of my head, but I do know.
1: No, I mean, not an exact number, like a rough, you know.
2: It was like three or four thousand bucks, something mm-hmm. like that. A month. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It started becoming like, huh, this, this could at one point replace my, my uh, full-time income. Yeah.
1: Did it happen quicker? Like, you know, you you slogged it out for 18 months and then all of a sudden it started happening much quicker?
2: Yeah, yeah, it did. It happened a lot quicker. I think the second year it made about 30,000. Mm. Well, the bulk of which was in that second half of the second year. Mm-hmm. And then the third year it made 300. Wow. So it just jumped. So it really ramped up. Yeah. And
0: yeah. did you did you reinvest any of that money? There's
2: you mean in the business?
0: Yeah, like did you? No, uh, you, no guys, there's you were nothing still to reinvested it in. I was going to say maybe you got like extra writers or something, but you did it all yourself.
2: Yeah, I did it all cool. myself. Looking back, I would have done it. I might have done it differently. I don't know. You think? I,
1: in that I, growing I, it faster, or
2: yeah, yeah, in realizing what the sort of the thing like being a small business owner. There are certain skills that i hadn't developed at that point just because of how early in the process i was like hiring people and managing people and since then i've i've been involved in businesses where we've done that and i've learned like the advantages and the disadvantages but mm-hmm. you know and how to do it right so in thinking back i might have done things differently but in all honesty given the result, i it's not i can't complain right
1: one one more uh, now Uh-oh. personal question. So, Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean know. on on us. So uh, you know, you you've grown a business. You know how to like do things. You've gone through that whole like baby phase. What do you think is one thing that uh, we're not doing that we should do?
2: That you two specifically are not doing? Yeah, I don't think I under- yeah I
0: don't think I understand.
2: You no, think I understand. Know? I okay. just don't know enough about what you guys are exactly. doing. Exactly, but I would say so. And I think you guys are doing this already, but it, it's worth mentioning how important it is, is that networking is absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. And I know, I mean, that's how Matt and I met. Yeah. Mm. I guess it was kind of randomly, but still like you have to meet people and you'll learn, and you guys know this, but your listeners will learn that everyone's still a person, right? Like I may have found success in business. I'm still a person. Like we could still talk and you'll, You know, Matt could walk up to me if we were strangers. I would still carry a conversation with you, and then we could still become friends. Just because that I've done something doesn't mean that I'm unapproachable, right? And so Mm -hmm. you should try to talk to everybody. And then, you know, maybe one day Matt catches me on a bad day and I'm a jerk. Well, then Matt knows I'm a jerk and won't try to talk to me anymore. (laughs) But that's okay. But then now you know, like I, I'm not some, you know, unattainable, whatever. You know, it's like seeing a beautiful girl at the bar. Like walk up to her, talk to her. She's a jerk to you. Whatever. You learned. Yeah, you learned. You learned you but, got a, you got a thicker skin for the rest of the times you go up and talk to women. Yeah. And and so the, the important thing is that in everything in business, uh just meeting people and you're building your network is absolutely crucial. Like I learned a lot in talking with the other bloggers when I was building bargaineering. And I'd like to think that they learned a lot from me as well. Mm-hmm. And that only would have happened if I emailed them or they emailed me and then we were open in in sharing the things that we knew. Yeah.
0: Um, so what, do you, what are you doing now? What's the, what are some of your projects that you're working on now that, you're, uh, that you want to talk about?
2: Uh, I guess two things. The, the one thing is so after, after bargaining and learning how to build a blog, I decided, why don't I start a blog about blogging? So mm-hmm. I have microblogger.com, which teaches people how to build a business with a blog. Um, then the other thing that I'm actually more excited about is a meal plan service that every week sends you a weekly meal plan and shopping list. And one of the things that I learned about Microblogger, even though it's been fun and it will continue to be fun as I do more podcasts and things like that, yeah. I'm really more interested in building a business than teaching how to build a business. Mm. It's just because it's, it's two different sets of problems. And so that's, yeah, $5 meal plan is the meal plan service. And that's, those are the two things I'm excited about. Cool. And they're both up now and you can go check them out. Yeah, microblogger.com and then $5 meal plan.
0: And are you on social media where anybody can follow you?
2: Yeah, they can find me at uh, Twitter uh, at Wangorific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you just want to say hi, shoot me an email at jim at microblogger.com. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the show again, man. Yeah, this was fun. See? We should just have you on see? every week. Everybody see
0: what? See how fun it is? <laughs> you yeah. were so skeptical. No. I was not skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's fun and then we'd like to have you back on sometime again. Yeah, I'd love to. We get, we got a surprised. lot of we got a lot of feedback on your first episode. So was, oh, like, people great. love you, dude. Yeah, I'm yeah. serious.
2: Thank you. Perfect. I love them, too. Yes. So email me.
0: <laughs> say hello. Yes, and email us if you have any questions about the show or whatever. It's listenmoneymatters at com. And I just want to read um, – well, first I want to say that if you like the show, Jim, uh <laughs> subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> uh, just hit the little subscribe button. And actually, the subscribe button, as we know now, uh, helps us climb the rankings and uh, hug up next to Dave Ramsey. So uh, I'm going to read a review that we got from – I believe that the username is supposed to be Janet Mike, although it's J-N-E-T-M-K-E. I don't oh, know. I left that review for you. Oh, that was you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. This, this no, it's, is, J,
2: it's J-N-E-T.
0: J-N-E-T? <laughs> Jeanette Mike. Jeanette Mike. Jeanette Mike. <laughs> part of my daily routine 5 stars the show is great i fast forward the first minute to get through the awful intro music but other than that it keeps me entertained <laughs> <laughs> lots of great information uh, awesome. and tips in every podcast and there's tons of topics to sift through since they post new eps every day keep it up so thank you jen and mike
1: appreciate that
0: yes <laughs> thanks jim <laughs> and uh you know check out uh listenmoneymatters.com, that's our website and listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox where we give you all of the things that we use uh like betterment and vanguard and not spreadsheets but we maybe we <laughs> should put up some spreadsheets
2: maybe do you have a formula do you have like, a
0: formula sheet a, a template
2: no all, it's, just a, it's a list it's columns with the accounts and they just add up together
0: that's it Simple formulas. Sum, right? Capital S U M. Yep. That's it. Some uh, <laughs> perfect. There. Jim, thanks again for hanging out with us, man. Dude, anytime. All right, thanks again. And guys, look, we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later, man. Bye.